everybody, and welcome to That's Life, the show where we learned this week that Vertigo is not just a Hitchcock movie. Good afternoon, folks, and thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, though I do sound like I swallowed a frog. I apologize in advance. I am blogger, writer, and general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here every Thursday at 2 p.m. as I hope to bring you a little entertainment, a little news, and a little relief that the life you are leading is not nearly as wacky as mine. <laughs> probably, if I sound to everyone else like I sound in my head right now, that's pretty bad. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Coming to you from the home of the Nachum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side, even though it is far from a beautiful day, I am joined by my handy-dandy partner, Avrami. Hello, Avram. How's it going? Uh, you tell me. Do I do I sound like I've swallowed a man? Um, it sounds like you could lay off a you know the cigarettes a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's been that kind of a week. I'm really trying to uh, to um, I don't know use all the strength I have to get through this show today and <clears throat> try and sound a little bit close to my normal self if possible. I was hoping that it was just the congestion in my head that made me sound this bad, but no, I actually do sound this bad. You might take up a temporary resident as a uh, lounge singer. <laughs> People are gonna think that there's something wrong with their uh, with their radios. No, no, it's not you, it's me. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. And if you are a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. If Miriam L. Wallach, whether she sounds like this or doesn't sound like this, once a week is just not enough for you, do what Yochevet Seidman does. Visit me on my blog at joethatslife.com. You can friend me on Facebook. You can send me an invite on LinkedIn. You can also shoot me an email, miriam at joethatslife.com or miriam at nachumsegel.com. I will not respond to you during the show. I am not being rude. I'm just being honest. I will make sure to get back to you afterwards. By the way, for those of you who have checked out the, the uh, nachumsegel.com webpage and noticed that it is different or under construction or just looks different than it did yesterday, you're not hallucinating. It really does. We are in the process of updating our website and putting and uh, uploading the new site and getting rid of the old site, making a whole bunch of changes. So we thank you in advance for your patience and your cooperation. If you have any feedback, please make sure to email me, miriam at nachomsegel.com. That should work. <laughs> We've been having some email bounce back issues as well, but actually that should be fine. Let's go to our favorite segment. Hold on. I got to reach the bag. That was poor planning on my part. Uh, Avrami's be being nice to me now because I've been under the weather all week. Oh, oh, this one's cracked. Forget it. We all know the rule. If it's cracked in the bag, we do not bother because that is null and void. Here's ooh. Did you guys do Chinese nope. food this week? Okay, we might have. <laughs> we did on Monday night, and actually, oh my gosh, these are all broken. Bad karma. Um, I knew I should have stayed in bed. My um, my sister-in-law who lives in Teaneck, told me that Monday night the wait was an hour and a half at the Chinese takeout place, which I thought was great. But actually, when I was on um, Fox last Friday, at the end of the segment um, on Fox Business, Stuart Varney, who's the host of Varney & Co., actually said to me, so are you going to be having Chinese food <laughs> on Christmas? And I said, um, I said something like, yeah, well, I'm sure pressing minds all across the country are dying to know if I'm having Chinese food. And he said, no, they are. I'm like, yes, uh, yeah. It was just funny. Anyway, here's a fortune cookie. Uh, la, 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 la. Yeah, hopefully when I'm on Fox tomorrow, I'll sound better than this. The man who has no imagination has no wings. All right. Yeah, I buy that one. I can only imagine what the broken one said. But anyway, let's uh, take care of some business. Today's national holidays. It's about time week. Yep, 
That's not a punchline. It's about time week. Right. Because I guess that because it's the end of the year, it's about time you take care of all those things that you haven't made time to take care of. So now it's about time you make the time. Hey, it's a little bit wah, 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 if you ask me. It's also Make Cutout Snowflakes Day. And with the Nor'easter approaching here in uh, the New York area, there's no time like the present. That's for sure. I heard that by the time we wake up tomorrow morning, we may have another couple inches of dusting and also uh, Sunday morning by Sunday morning as well. Or was that Shabbos? I don't know. But in the next couple of days, we may see some white. Uh, it's also National Fruitcake Day, and I do think that that is literal, not euphemistic. So um, if you're a fruitcake person, I have no idea why you would be. But if you are, today's your day. But tomorrow, Yael Lassen, one second, she told me, she, she thought this was a little sketchy, but she said that tomorrow, the 28th, is National Chocolate Day. And the reason she says it's sketchy is because she feels like there are a lot of National Chocolate Days. I, I was going to say. <laughs> it seems like there are a lot of those. I know, but if Yael Lassen says it's true... Then it has to be true. That's my feeling about it. So if that gives me an excuse to have chocolate tomorrow, so be it. Anyway, my husband and I, funny things happen all the time. Crazy follows me everywhere. And as you can hear, I've been under the weather for the last couple of days. Unfortunately, my husband and I were under the weather at the same time as were my two oldest. So we were basically all completely out of commission. It was 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, Somebody else, because there was no busing on Tuesday, someone else thank you, my mother-in-law, went to pick up my kids from school and dropped them off at our house. And the only one in charge was my (laughs) nine-year-old. So my husband and I were in bed. My two oldest were out of commission and he's taking care of the house. All I know is that a number of hours later after my medication had kicked in and the world stopped spinning and I was able to go downstairs, everyone had been fed, everyone had finished their homework and a couple people were actually in pajamas. So uh, I wasn't complaining. I was happy to see that certain um, backup plans ha- that had been set in motion a long time ago actually worked. It's nice to know that even one of the younger ones can rise to the occasion when necessary. Anyway, that was, uh, that was part of the craziness that you could have possibly imagined at the Wallach household this week. You are listening to That's Life. Live from the home office of the Nachum Siegel Network on the Lower East Side, I'm Miriam L. Wallach here on the stream at NachumSiegel.com. And it is time to welcome my first guest, Yehuda Kaminer, who's the CEO of the Sfarim Sale at Yeshiva University. He is a senior and an accounting major at Yeshiva University's Sai Sim School of Business. And besides the fact that the Sfarim Sale is coming up, the Sfarim Sale is also offering a, actually a very unique and forward-thinking program. Hello, Yehuda. Hello, Miriam. How are you? Um, Baruch Hashem. I really am fine. <laughs> Great. <laughs> you don't sound so bad, in I, my opinion. Oh, that's nice, but I don't think you know what I sound like on a good day. That but could uh, be. <laughs> yeah, it could be, but that's fine. Anyways, tell us, first of all, tell everybody what the Sfarim Sale is, and then tell everyone what Sfarim for Sandy is. Okay, great. So the Sfarim Sale is the world's largest Jewish book sale, the most diverse sale of Jewish books, and because we specifically have a, such a vo- wide variety of titles that we carry. In addition to the regular standard religious uh, titles that you'd find in most Jewish bookstores, we also carry a very large selection of what we call scholarly works, which are academic literature from professors and and rabbis and all authors from all over the world, in specifically books that you can find if you go maybe to Barnes & Noble's or if you go online, but that you can also find in your classic farm store. So that's what makes us special. Is the new Rabbi Sachs book going to be there? And Mirza Hashem will have the new Rabbi Sachs book. Okay, then I can come. Go on. (laughs) So the sale is also unique in that it's completely student-run by right. the students of Yeshiva University, um, and which is, you know, we're very exciting that we are running everything from A to Z and the whole program. 
and it's an annual sale that happens every year in February. Usually it's between three to four weeks. This year we're going to be an entire four weeks. Wow. Yeah, it's very exciting. The way the holiday of Purim falls out, it would have been our last weekend, and that would have been a little bit of a bummer to have to close for the holidays. <laughs> so we graciously, with the guidance of YU, are able to extend it for another week. So that's very exciting. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So now this farm sale is uh, upping it a little bit. Not that that wasn't enough. <laughs> but what is this farm sale doing for, for um, shuls and uh, neighborhoods that have been wiped out by Sandy? Okay. So every year the sale is associated with a charity or two that are either we either raise money for or we allow customers to donate money to at the register or we give them a table at the sale to promote themselves. This year we wanted to focus specifically on what we're good at, what we are about, and that's Svarim, and specifically relevant to the times, and that's obviously the damage that was caused by Hurricane Sandy. And that's how we came up with the idea of Svarim for Sandy, which is a program that we're going to be running, trying to find out about the shuls and schools that have lost specifically their Svarim libraries, their Bate Midrashos, to right. Sandy, and to help them replenish and rebuild their lost farm. I'm sure that somebody has told you that the young Israel of Oceanside was hit really hard. Yes, we have heard a lot about the young Israel of Oceanside. <laughs> you should know, by the way, I don't live in Oceanside. I'm not, it's not like I'm saying, hey, pick my shul, pick my shul. But, um, but they are, unfortunately, almost like the poster child for, for a shul that was so hard hit. I think they lost six of Torah, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Wow. And um, their entire base medrash that was downstairs. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of... Um, there are just a lot of individuals also who lost all of their personal svarim. And I know that you're not necessarily targeting them, but you're looking for um, a shul in particular to support. But just so that people understand, it's been eight weeks, if not more, a little bit more since Sandy, and people are still reeling. They don't seem to get it. People 100%. are still reeling. It's really devastating. I agree completely. And that's, you know, we're trying to do our share that's, you know, relevant to what we do. And right. we're hoping that it works out well. So the, um, the way we're going about the project is right now everything's being run on social media. Everything's on our Facebook page and our Twitter. So if you're interested in keeping up with the project, you can find us at facebook.com slash mm. or on Twitter we're at sale. And basically um, right now we are trying to compile a list of shuls and schools that were affected simply just by going to our pages and sending us a message saying, hey, like you've seen Young Israel of Oceanside and other right. shuls have already posted, we are looking for, you know, our shul was affected. Please consider us. Mm. We're going to take that list next week, compile it. We're going to do a little bit of research to try to find out which shuls were most affected in this list by calling up the rabbis and the gabayim of these shuls. Right. And then we're going to choose the top five shuls that we have, you know, looked into. And we're going to have, have them create a kind of a gift registry on our website. Wow. Where they can choose from all the stuff arm, which ones they're interested in restocking their shuls with. And during the sale, their, their members of their shul or anybody who's interested in making a donation can choose from the website a book that they would like to send to, the, to, to fulfill that registry. That's a fantastic idea. Now, let me ask you a question. When you go to Bed Bath & Beyond mm -hmm. and you're trying to fill out something from somebody's bridal registry, they give you a print out there. Are you going to be able to, or is somebody like me going to be able to print out a registry from one of the shuls there at the spot on this farm sale and say, you know what, I'd like to pay for this one? To pay for an entire registry, you're saying? No, no, no. Well, somebody should be that great. <laughs> That's fine, fine. But I'm saying, like, pick this safer out from the list. If somebody didn't do their homework beforehand. Yeah, they'll be able to view the entire, the entire registry online. I, the purchasing would only be able to, the donations would only be able to happen online, not in the store itself. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh, I didn't understand that. I thought Sorry, you could, okay. No, no, I mean, it could be, you know, head cold. It could yeah. be that, um, so somebody cannot 
basically, I don't have to go to this farm sale to help out one of these shuls. Correct. You could do it online from anywhere oh, in the world. Oh, that's genius. Yeah. We always have an online store. And this year, actually, if you look at our website, thefarmsale.com, it's currently down. Seeming, I guess, like your website. I was about to say, bit. join the club. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have a new uh, developer who is almost completing uh, our new look, mm. which we're very excited about. And there it'll have a very easy-to-read registry um, while you're making your own purchases, you know, you can also check off a few books that you'd like to donate to the program. Got it. So now let me bring you to my next question. If somebody comes to this farm sale, hears about the project, and wants to buy something there, are there computers or iPads or whatever set up so that somebody can just make a purchase there through the site? So we are obviously going to have, you know, we have our computers there. If somebody specifically comes over to us, we could technically pull up, you know, on the website okay. and have them and have them make a donation, although we are trying to keep it an online uh, program. Got it. Got it. And now, can you nominate somebody else's shul? Like, can I nominate? Hundred percent. Yeah. You don't have to be a member of that shul. It's the point is right now. We just want to compile a list of the shuls, and then after we have our list of five, the next step, which I didn't get to yet, is that we are going to then have a Facebook campaign online to support the project, where people can then vote for the shuls mm. that they are interested in. Of these five, the highest vote-getting shul is going to be have is going to have their gift registry supplied for them covered by this farm sale, up to $10,000. Wow. Yes, that is the exciting part of the project. Well, I would say even until that point, it was an exciting project. That's for sure. But it be, but it's also, you know, very labor, very complicated for you guys. I mean, there's so much involved here. 100%. And that's why, I mean, this is the first year we're trying any project like this. We're limiting it to five shuls. You know, we are just students, and there's only a certain amount of students that are working at the sale, so we have to see how much we can handle in terms of order fulfillment. But well, thank God you're seniors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not all of us are, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> so we're going to try to limit to five schools, and hopefully we can handle that. And then in the future, if you know a similar project you know, makes sense to do, then maybe we can up it to you know, include more people. Wow. We're on the phone now, right now with Yehuda Kamenari. He's the CEO of the Sfarim Sale at Yeshiva University discussing the Sfarim Sale taking place this year this coming uh what when does it start february 3rd till march 3rd wow february 3rd till march 3rd actually the begin of which is the last march 3rd is a monday shabbos sunday sunday ah yes it is a sunday because the day after is when the jam and the marathon starts here which is uh excitement in and of itself of but for, for yes of course it's on your calendar the same way it's on mine um but for everyone for by the way for people who also don't know and this is like one of the um less known parts of this farm sale is that people meet each other there are shizuchah made at the yu's farm sale yes that has happened <laughs> it, my cousin is living proof by the way <laughs> very nice yeah it is it is um somehow or another their eyes met over a stack of uh, shots i don't know exactly how it worked but uh <laughs> That's how the legend goes. But um, tell me some of the other things that are going to be available at this farm sale. Besides this fantastic program, and I'm not knocking it, and I do want people to understand that even if you, that all of our listeners, um, whether you live in the New York area, you don't live in the New York area, you still have the opportunity to support this, pro this project and help some of the schools in our area. If you think the call and the need is over, you're wrong. I, I, I can tell you from living in Woodmere, uh, you know, people are still cleaning out their houses. People are still finding mold. People are still, and right now, supplies to rebuild are not even existent. Somebody I know just got sheetrock, and he was like doing a cha-cha because now he found sheetrock. It's there's still a lot to be done in the New York area, New Jersey area, for schools that are in need and for families that are in need. So if you can get on this website, thisfarmsale.com, correct? Yes. S e f o r i m, by the way, thisfarmsale.com. Get on that link and help people out in any way, shape, or form. But you had to tell people um, other things that are available. I know that you also have you have the scholarly works 
and you have you know Svarim in general. But I have to imagine somebody also is going to be carrying Susie Fishbein's new cookbook. Of course, we're going to have a new cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> we have to. We have to. We have a, we have a very large cookbook section that we prominently display, and it's a very popular area of the sale. Okay. Um, we also have an exciting. Um, cool technology features is that all of our cash registers this year are going to be iPads. Oh, you know, that's real. It's a lot of fun. I've been it, seeing that a is. lot. Yeah. Um, but it's got to make your life a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. It's coming along with a whole new software package to help us track our inventory this year in a much more efficient way to help track employee hours. And it's a very exciting software and therefore very exciting uh, um, hardware also. So the iPads are going to be really exciting. So basically you're an Apple store. <laughs> right. That's, you got it. <laughs> You're an Apple store. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, um, Yehuda, for more information, people can? can f- right now, facebook.com slash farm. That's where most of the information about this project is going to be as our website is still under renovations. So I would go right now, facebook.com slash farm. Again, like you said, S-E-F-O-R-I-M. That's fantastic. Yehuda, much Hatzlacha. It's a Thank great so project, and I look forward to either speaking to you again closer to it to get an update or even afterwards to hear how it went. Okay, great, Miriam. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Yehuda. Take Thank care. Thank you. Be well. You're listening to That's Life on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am Miriam Elwal here on the Lower East Side, the beautiful Lower East Side, and we are ready for our next guest. Coach Jazz, one of our coaches from Team Yaha, joins us by phone. The last time Coach Jazz was with me in the studio, we had that <laughs> seminal moment here at That's Life <laughs> where I scared the living daylights out of many people living on the Lower East Side as I ran up and down the block. <laughs> For those of you who don't remember that, uh, you're lucky. For those people who live down here, I still apologize. Um, <laughs> Coach Jazz, it, though I sound like I swallowed a frog, I am still here. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you? I, thank God, am just fine. I need to give you a training update. I also think that people need to know where they should be because yeah. with, I don't know, about a month till the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. With about a month left before we run in Miami for Team Yachad. Um, exactly. I think the pressing question right now is, is it too late for somebody who has not trained yet? Now, I will tell oh. you, before you answer that, Coach Jazz, before <laughs> you answer that, I will tell you that Ellie Hagler would say, no, it's never too late because there are some people who, you know, run five miles, i.e. Ellie Hagler, and then decide one morning, hey, I think I'll run a half. So he would say, yeah, sure, no problem, just put on some sneakers and go. But for the trained coach that you are, would you yes. advise at some at this point for someone to jump in for the half? Um, if they were going to do the following things, okay? If they, at this point, if they're starting from like a zero base, right? Um, if you're starting from a zero base, you're not active, you've been a couch potato, I wouldn't recommend <laughs> that you try to go for a half. For somebody who's a little active, a little bit, meaning maybe you go to the gym once a week, maybe you go for an occasional walk here or there, because then what you can do is make a commitment to say four to five days a week for the next month, I'm putting myself in training. And that can be whether you're walking for an hour three times a week with once a week of strength training you know what I mean? Doing something like that because then you can really tell yourself you're basically doing a walkathon. Mm. Okay? You're going to Miami and you can walk the mileage. But you're not going to Miami, you know, uh, to try to run it. 
You know, right. if, if you're if you haven't really been a runner, this isn't the time to decide you're going to be Superman <laughs> and you're going to go out there and you're going to run it. Instead, come up with a plan of walking every week. Increase your time on your feet. Don't worry about mileage. You know, you. Walk now for like an hour, three to four times a week, and then we take it up the next week to like 75 minutes. Then we take it up to 90 minutes, you know, and slowly we're increasing that mileage weekly, not by more than 5 or 10%. And, and um, now, but, Ellie, by the way, you know that if Ellie hears you say this, he's going to go, Jazz, what are you doing? <laughs> but I mean, you know, and this is luckily, though, for a lot of our guys. Um, you know, we have a big young community also. Right. A lot of the guys are doing something, whether it's they walk already, they play basketball, they play soccer, or for the adults, it could be, you know, when I go out every Saturday and I walk, you're doing something, you know. My biggest issue is if you're someone who is literally a couch potato, you don't exercise, you smoke cigarettes, you don't eat well, and you want to decide now that you want to do a half, it's it's something that you'd want to, you know, go to your doctor, you know, make sure you're in good health to go right. ahead and try this, you know? Right. Um, it's a difference having a small base to having no base at all because mm. it's a strain on your body. Right. And 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 um, for people who don't know, Team Yachad has grown to such an extent. I mean, Ellie was on with Nachum this morning. For anybody who missed that interview this morning on Jam and the AM, you can get it on the archive. But for those people who don't know... Their, the, Team Yachad has grown to such an extent that you guys have now hired a fourth coach. Yes. That's absolutely. crazy. Absolutely. And honestly, we have a fourth coach. And if I can get, like, two other assistant coaches to, like, come and help, like, we have over 180 runners. Oh, my gosh. When we first started, it was just me and it was 30 runners. That's crazy. You know, and this is, like, four years ago. So, I mean, this is unbelievable right yeah no I I would say I would say that the momentum that has quickly been picked up within four years is pretty remarkable oh my gosh beyond right so now let me tell you where I am with my training because I know it's pressing on minds across the country and people are dying to know what I'm up to so I have changed my strategy a little bit oh and, and I Oh, okay. <laughs> you haven't even heard what I've been doing, Jess. <laughs> Give me a second. So I'll tell you what I've been doing. Instead of doing a number of sh- shorter runs during the week, I have been saving it up and doing one 10-mile run every Sunday. Okay. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for some kind of response. Tell me. You've been saving it up like how? Like not running during the week? I'm not running during the week. No bueno. I don't like it. Okay. Not a good plan. Tell me why. Because you, you, this is an endurance event, so though you can wait every Sunday and just do one long run, you need the shorter runs, even if it's two of them during the week, to help you build up with that, to build that endurance. Even though I've done like three or four Sundays in a row of doing 10 yeah, miles? Yeah, you can still do that. I'm telling you, keep that 10 miles, but now I want you to also add in a tempo run like I have on the calendar. Right. Remember the calendar? Yeah, not the calendars. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But because the, the other thing, too, when you're doing something like this with endurance, if you're running 10 miles at the same pace all the time, same terrain, it's easy for you to get injured. It's easy for you to get what we call overuse injuries because you're using the same muscles in the same way. Is that why I got sick this week? Um, not 
necessarily okay. sick, but you know, you can get, you get something called IT band syndrome, or there are lots of um, you know postural tibial issues. There are all kinds of issues you can get from running at the same pace all the time. So the reason you have those shorter runs, mm-hmm. that thirty-minute run, is so that you can pick it up and use different muscles. Use your fast twitch muscles and not your slow twitch, which is what you're probably using for your long runs for ten miles. So you want to use those other muscles in a different way during the week, and it's helping build your muscle endurance okay. as well as your regular in- endurance. So there are people that can do that. You can do, I'm doing one run a week. It's not the best way. It's not the best way to train, especially to prevent injuries. Okay, so tell me how many times a week I need to run and do short runs. and how- You need to do two sh- a minimum. Two short runs a week, one of those is like a 30 to 40 minute run where you're running about a minute faster than you do for your long run. Okay. Okay? Yep. So if you're doing an 11 minute mile, this is at a 10 minute. Okay. And if 10 feels good, next week make it a nine and a half minute. Uh, and, I'm okay? do- and I'm doing, let's say, three miles? Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Pick it up. Pick it up. Push till you feel discomfort, but you can keep going. That's okay. what we call a tempo run. It's comfortably hard. So it's three miles that you can maintain, but boy, is it a pain in the butt. Okay. Got okay? it. Okay? Yep. And then you have another, at this point, another run. If you live near a hill or if you can go on the treadmill and do an incline where you do some hill work, where you're pushing uphill and recovering downhill. Push up, recover down for about 40 minutes. Same deal. Oh, my gosh. Are there hills in Miami? I need to know right now. No, but okay. hill training makes you stronger and faster. Well, can I just be slower and stable <laughs> this time? No. No. You can be slow and okay. stable, but if you want to be slow, stable, strong, healthy. Yeah, I hear you. Right? Do you uh, feel the adjectives here? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, Those yeah. are all good positive words, yeah, Coach As Jess. long as you can get it done, we, you can do a minimum of three, you know? Okay. And then, okay, if you don't, you know, you can do hills for, you know, this week and next week, and then just go to an, another easy run, you know? Um, because what I would like for you to do is on that Sunday long run that's 10 miles, mm-hmm. you know what? Make it 11 miles next week. Why are we stopping there? You've done it for four times for 10. Right. You can go to 11, but then your next run, the day after, which will be Monday, is a recovery run that's going to be a minute slower than that run on Saturday. Got it. Because we want to teach your body to run on tired legs. Because mm. on your race, you're going to be running on what? Right, very tired legs. Tired legs. Right. So that's how we train you. So you have your recovery run, and you, follow, you have your long run, followed by recovery run for roughly, let's say it's for three miles, okay. three to four miles recovery. Okay, that's even, a, that's even a process I can understand and appreciate. You're listening to Coach Jazz. She is the head coach for Team Yaha that I look forward to participating with next month yeah. as we run <laughs> the ING Half Marathon in Miami. You're listening to That's Life on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Miriam L. Wallach. Coach Jazz, I still need to ask you a question that I realized yeah. – I realized after we got we finished our interview last time, I did not ask you, which was, how do you prep? How do you train for a different climate? Oh, that's a great question. 
So I'll tell you some things that you can change. For example, so we're training for Miami, so you know it's going to be warmer, right? Right, yes. So what you do is when you're running outdoors, I say that because everyone should be running outdoors because there are races outdoors, except maybe for running on the treadmill once a week. But um, what you want to do for your long runs, wear extra clothing. Mm. Okay, so that's a good way of preparing, you know, running in an uncomfortable heat. Unfortunately, what you can't train for is the humidity. Right. Okay? Yep. But by wearing an extra layer, so if you can normally go out and run in like, um, because, you know, your temperature goes up by about 30%, you know, Mm -hmm. once you start running. So if you're going out now and you're wearing like a base layer, um, a dry fit shirt and a zip jacket. Okay and you're going out in 40-degree weather, and, and your gloves, and you're good. Now what I'm saying is put on an additional layer. Put on another dry-fit shirt. You know, maybe you have a scarf. You want to run and be hot and deal with sweating a lot, right. you know, um, with a little heavier clothing. But I can't mimic the um, uh, humidity. humidity. But right. that is a way of preparing you for that. And then also what it does is you also have to make sure that you drink your fluids, Mm. right? Right. You have to make sure that you're taking in your fluids every, you know, 20 to 25 minutes, about six ounces. Um, So all that is training you for how you drink, how you feel, you know, when you've got to take in your goo or your sports beans or whatever nutrition you're taking in during your run. Right. By the way, for people who don't know, goo is actually a product. Goo is <laughs> goo is like uh, I mean it is it is like icing. Yeah, it's like Boxing. icing. It comes in a little packet, and runners use it as like stored energy, stored fuel. So you basically like open the package while you're running. You slug some in your mouth, and you squeeze it out of this little pouch, and it's literally called goo. G U, not even G O O. It's spelled G G U. And I love that it's kosher now. Yes, exactly. It's fantastic, and there are a lot of other great. Um, options now too, which is awesome. I remember, well. I remember the first time I bought goo. <laughs> I can't even believe that I'm saying this, but I bought goo and I was standing at like um, a runner's fair kind of a thing before the Long Island half, and I was looking at all these different flavors. And frankly, all this stuff completely repulses me. And one guy looks at me and goes, "Don't worry, take the what did he say? Take the French vanilla. It's not that bad." And I looked at him. I said, "I usually don't eat anything that somebody refers to as not that bad." So, <laughs> so then he said to me, he "Goes to so take the sport beans." And the truth is that a friend of mine who's an avid runner recommended a long time ago to get the sport beans, sport beans which are also under the OU. Yes. And um, and I said to her something about, I don't like to chew jelly beans. And she said, just suck on it and let it dissolve in your mm-hmm. mouth. Absolutely. Yeah. So there are definitely ways to get around in all these different sports, uh, energy drinks and things like that, that all have, uh, that are all rabbinic certified, etc., are provided by Team Yachad as we run. Yeah, which is also exciting. By the way, are you doing? Are you training for the uh, Jerusalem Marathon as well? I would love to do the Jerusalem Marathon, but I've told Ellie Hagler that I am available. But they, there is a coach that's training everyone out in Jerusalem. Mm, um, but conflict. I say, if anything happens, I would love to go out there because so many of the guys that are running, I've coached already, right. and they're you know in. Uh, Jerusalem now, Got so it. and they're running. You know they're doing the half or the the marathon out there. So I would love to be a part of it, but um, 
there's some other coach who's training. Well, I don't know how that person got trumped you, Coach Jess. I don't know either. I don't know either. I think because they live there. I think, well, you know, there is something about not having to pay for your transportation. Yeah, something about not having to pay for my trip over to Jerusalem, but I I am available. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if if he didn't know it, if he did not know it before, and Ellie certainly does now. Anyway, Coach Jess, thanks so much for joining me. I look forward to speaking to you right before we leave from Miami. Can't wait. I know we're going to speak to you in Miami. Nachum, as many people know, is doing two shows from Miami. We look forward to speaking to you at the race, and I want to have you on one more time before we leave to Miami. Can't wait. And I, I want to hear from you that you're running three times a week. Yes, ma'am. Recovery run and then tempo run, okay? Yes, yes ma'am. I will, be, I will be a good patient. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much, Coach Jazz. Bye, guys. You're listening to That's Life on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am Miriam L. Wallach, Froggy Voice and All, and we are ready for our third and final guest. Bracha Jaffe, oncology nurse and performer, joins me here in the studio today. She is actually starring in Ezer Mitzion's presentation this Motzei Shabbos called Forever, Music for Life, Music Forever. Hello, Bracha. Hi, how are you? Good, thank God. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to the Lower East Side on a what is not such a beautiful day, but I thank you for coming anyway. Yeah, it's pretty rough out there. But <laughs> yeah, I drove in. I drove in also. It was. Uh, it had its moments. Anyway... Anyway, so it's it's sort of a dichotomy. You know, you have a, a background in medicine and you have a background also as a singer and a vocal coach and a performer starring in this show. So tell everybody how those two worlds met. So those two worlds met very simply. Basically, I'm an oncology nurse. I work on a unit where I take care of patients who are suffering from cancer daily. Um, and I love to sing and I love music. And I felt what better way to um, bring a message across on how important it is to try and help these people who are in such need of a savior, basically. And my best way to communicate that to the world was through music. So that's how I came up with this idea of making a concert to um, sort of support this. And you approached Ezra Mitzion or they came to you? I approached Ezra Mitzion at first um, because um, oncology is a very, very, very um, strong has a very strong place in my heart for my whole life since I'm in high school I always volunteered and did things like this and I said you know what like there's there's a voice that must be heard and I wanted to like make a voice in the community for this so we're really focusing on um bone marrow and like blood related disorders Mm -hmm. in this campaign um so that people should be aware of uh how much our like community our Jewish community could support each other through this so so tell for Excuse me. For those people who don't, who aren't familiar or don't know enough about Ezer Mitzion, tell everybody about Ezer Mitzion in 30 seconds or less. Okay. So Ezer Mitzion has the largest Jewish international bone marrow registry. And what they try to do is they try to find matches between patients who need a bone marrow transplant and people in the Jewish community. Meaning um, because DNA plays such an important role in this, um, you have to have an exact DNA match to be right. a donor or, um, or a receiver. Mm-hmm. And what they try to do is match up those matches. So being Jewish in a nutshell, is what, 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 what makes it or breaks it, you know? We can't get, you're not going to get a match from an African-American male. That's for sure not. Right. It's funny when, you know, when we talk about being tribe members and we talk about, you know, there's the old American Express uh, card motto where membership has its privileges. In this case, that's really true. Yeah. Because if you're looking for a match and you're somebody, unfortunately, who is in need of a match or as a family member who's in need of a match, it, it, is, it behooves you to go internally and to find people within the tribe, so to speak. Exactly. And our tribe is very large because right. you can find people across the world. Like someone in, you know, Utah could need a 
who's completely not affiliated, not religious, can get a transplant from someone who lives in Masharim in Israel. And that's what's so incredible. And that's what Ezra Mitzion does. They link us, like, from the four corners of the world. You know how they say, like, Marabakan Fosaret. That's mm-hmm. what they do. They link us from all around the world. And that's what makes us connected. And they say that's what's going to bring Mashiach when we all get together. So this might be one of our chances here, you know, if we really, really connect to this cause. And you also, you worked as, at Camp Simcha as a teenager, correct? Uh, yeah, I volunteered for three years as a counselor and as a, I uh, played music during the meals. And you, um, you tracked some of those campers as well? Um, what do you mean? I mean, like you worked, you, you were with them through their treatments. Oh, yes, yes. I went to Sloan Kettering many times as a high school student, as a teenager after seminary, um, you know, going through like the daily life with them, being in their houses, going with them to treatment. Mm. I actually went to Florida on their like a uh, kind of make a wish trip that they had. Wow. Um, really, really, it's I'm so connected to this to this cause. It's so important to me. It's so close to me. And you recently also had, did the the same performance in Muncie, correct? Yes, it was incredible. Tell us how that went. Oh my gosh, amazing! I couldn't have asked for a better show. People were so receptive towards it. We're so surprised, but what they, but what they, by what they didn't know yet, and they felt so connected to the show. What's so incredible about the show is that we really tell a story through music and dance. It's not a play, but you feel so connected. Every song is so one after the other, so connected to each other, and there's something that really, really like there's a strong message that comes across to the audience, and people start to really gravitate and like you get lost in this music and dance world. That's mm. what people told me that it's just like. You just want to see it again and again and again. We even had people who bought tickets for the second show that night. That's great. Yeah, it was amazing. People didn't want to get up from their seats. Literally, they just sat there after the <laughs> show. Usually people like run out. Okay, right. I got to get my, get to my car before this traffic. Right. People were just like sitting there, like waiting for it to go on. It was incredible. That's uh, that's pretty. That is pretty incredible because yeah, as a person who runs out and doesn't necessarily wait till the end of the ninth inning because she wants to get to her car to avoid all the outgoing Yankee traffic. Um, yeah, I can't necessarily imagine staying till the end. Exactly, yeah. People were just like, literally, like, shocked, amazed. They had the most incredible time. What they said, like, the compliments I got was that their professionalism was on such a high level. There was, they've never seen a show like this in their life, but at the same time, they felt so comfortable being in the audience because it didn't cross any of their, like, you know, any of their boundaries, and it completely, like, you know, stayed in that path of like Tznias and, you know, how girls should be able to perform on stage in the Jewish community. And they just felt so honored. They really honestly told me that they felt honored to mm. be in the audience. And I've never, ever received compliments like that. That's fantastic. So mm. people should know that this is a show that is open to women and girls only. Only girls and women. Yes. And mm-hmm. where is it taking place in Brooklyn this week? Brooklyn College. That's a pretty Road. nice uh, auditorium, by the way. Yeah, two and a half thousand people, which we're really hoping to fill every single seat. I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. So t- tell us how this show is orchestrated and produced that makes it different, because you keep saying that it is such a unique experience. So explain to everyone, somebody who's, um, you know, let's say on the bubble or not really sure whether or not they're going to be able to make it, explain to everyone why this is so engaging. Okay, so the producer of the show is Gideon Levine. Um, he runs GYL Productions. He is a mastermind when it comes to music, let me tell you. I've never worked with someone so talented in my life. And um, what he did basically by arranging the music and arranging the vocals is that, yeah, it says Bracha Jaffe starring in the show, but is it really Bracha Jaffe? No, it's Bracha Jaffe with many, many, many other people. Minna Black being one of the most incredible choreographers. And her dances are lyrical. What I mean by lyrical dance basically is that what, okay, what makes this night so special and so different? So basically, um, first of all, it's not just like the pop music that you hear on the radio that you're going to hear at the show. It's not karaoke night. We're not coming and singing <laughs> songs that people hear every single day on the radio. It's a story. Every 
song is connected to the organization and connected to each other. And then what we did with, we have a beautiful choir of six girls and they sing incredibly and you'll hear their voices live also because they sing solo as well. Mm. Um, and at the same time, we also have Minna Black who choreographed with um, young girls between the ages of like 10 and 13 and then I, women like, you know, in between the ages of 20 and 50 who who she basically choreographed to dance these lyrical dances. And what they do is... She has a way of taking the words that we're singing and telling the story of the words so that you really like, you've never felt this kind of connection to a dancer. Usually you see, okay, wow, she moves her body in such an incredible way. Wow, I've never seen something like that that looks amazing. I wish I can do that too. No, here it's like she brings you in with her choreography. There's mm. like, that she really tells a story, really tells the story of the song. So, and everything, we worked so hard on the interpretation of the song, the way the music was arranged. It's not just arranged in a way that it's, oh, it's nice and violins and trumpets and it's arranged in a way that the music tells you the story as well. And then we have these beautiful interviews and wow. I don't, I don't want to give the whole show away, but it's really, really, really <laughs> Well, you have two and a half incredible. thousand seats to fill. So yeah. We have to make sure that our listeners know enough that they are, you know, they want to hear a little bit, but they want to see more. Yeah, it's really, um, there's a story between, the, we tried to create a night where you feel connected to the cast, like the cast is one big family. Okay. And um, the way the way we've done it, we've done it through um, interviews and really getting to know the cast members, which really never happens in any show or any concert. It's not just a woman standing solo on stage singing. It's, mm. You really, really start to feel connected to the to the cast and the way everything's related to you through dance, which how Mina interprets her dance is incredible, and the way the choir sings their songs and how they, how they, how they, how we bring it in, how we really, really, really bring you into our life, to our world, and to why we personally feel connected to Ezermitzion. And then you start to think, oh, why do I feel connected to Ezermitzion? And there's something very special about that that I can only tell you you'll really experience being there. <laughs> it yeah. sort of sounds like you have to be there. You have to be there. You can't miss it. It's one of it's one of those moments. You're listening to That's Life on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, Froggy Voice. And all, I'm sitting with Bracha Jaffe, who is starring this Matzei Shabbos in Forever, which will be um, held at the Brooklyn College, 2900 Bedford Avenue, this Matzei Shabbos at 8 p.m. For people who are interested, tickets are available at Eichler's. They're in Borough Park. They're in, in Flatbush. They're also available in Judaica Place, Eichler's and Flatbush, and Torah Treasures. For information, people can call the office at 718 853-8400. You can also get your tickets at that number. Oh, you can also get tickets at that number. Mm -hmm. That's great. And also the um, 718-853-8400 or, by, or the 877 number is 877-AZER-MITZION, M-I-Z-I-O-N. For people who are looking to put a T in there, don't. It's M-I-Z-I-O-N. So tell me a little bit about the Davis sisters and Rachel Jacob because they are also headlining under you. Okay, what's very special about this show is that it's not just about um, singing to a music track. We also have live instruments in the show. Is it a full orchestra? Um, not a full orchestra, but we have a guitarist, a piano player, a violinist. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not on stage at the entire time, but they're there. And it's really, really special because you get to see how women are so, so talented these days. Right. And Hani Davis and her sister Shira Davis and Rachel Jacobs are perfect examples of this. They are just incredible singers and um and musicians and they are also amazing to watch the davis sisters are an incredible duet they're so cute you really feel like they're <laughs> part of their sisterly bond while they're performing and rachel just has a special way of composing music which is really special um and then along with donna pistoon a violinist who is 
uh, beyond her years with experience as a musician. Really, really amazing and an honor to be on stage with. I think it's also, you know, very telling, obviously. I mean, you're not just doing it from a uh, Snea's point of view that it is a full female cast, but also it's very telling to all the girls who are in the audience that there is still so much you can do in terms of being a performance artist and being from. Exactly. There is really so much that you can do. And I'm really, really like I have to emphasize how people really told me that they've never been at a show where they didn't feel for a second uncomfortable to feel in the audience because it was done on such a high level of tinnitus. But at the same time, they were so entertained because of how professional it was. And these girls are all perfect examples and like models in this area. I really think that they really show girls how you can challenge your talent. Mm. You can like, you know, you can bring your talents and really focus on them in the right way and it's so important for girls to be able to have a voice and express themselves these days so um these girls are all perfect role models and i would really honestly feel comfortable being my own daughter to sit in the audience oh that's great yeah and i think that's telling because you know it's just you don't want your own child to ever be exposed to something that you would want her to be and i think that this is just something so so beautiful something that i would really encourage everybody to come and see let's also talk about your um your your professional life as an oncology nurse mm -hmm. that it must be very difficult to wake up some mornings or go home certain nights oh my gosh i yeah tell me about it i feel that way almost every single day that i come to work it's just there's always another story something that nobody should ever really have to see or experience you know which hospital are you at i work at lennox hall hospital uh -huh. mm -hmm. seven woman is the oncology unit and that's where i've been for almost two and a half years um yeah i do i have many days where i actually almost every time i go to work i say to yona my husband i say i just i don't want to go i don't want to go today i just can't i love love work but i can't i can't see those faces i can't see those sick people i, I just can't right. do it and he's like, I know, but then you come home and you feel so good about yourself. And it's true. Every time I go to work, I just feel like I'm really doing something. I'm really, really making a difference in people's lives. And I'm really helping people on a personal level, a very intimate personal level, and with their families and everything. And I just, I couldn't ask for a better job. I'm so, I'm so proud of what I do. Yeah, and as well you should be. It is definitely not a job that most people could do. I, I, I mean, for I, I can tell you, for example, I couldn't sit through bio. So going, going to nursing school was never something that was on the road for me. But it's interesting because in just talking about nursing for, for a moment, you know, my brother and sister-in-law are both doctors and they say all the time that it's the nurses that run the hospital. It's true. <laughs> oh, yes, it's true. It's like the woman wears the pants in the house. The nurses wear the pants in the hospital. Right. You just, uh, for people who either never give nurses enough appreciation or never pay them enough respect, uh, people need to understand that without nurses in general, Things don't get things don't get done and things don't get taken care of in the hospital. But more than that, it, that that constant pa um, patient relationship is is um, fostered by the nurse. Yes, we really advocate for them. We're their voice. We're really their voice. It's important that we always remember that because without us, they you know they really were the doctors aren't at the bedside all day. You know right. they come by for their five minute visit or their ten minute visit and that's it. It's done. But you know throughout the whole day, we're the ones who are really really making sure that everything. Um, that needs to anyone that needs to be aware of anything is aware of it and anything that needs to be taken care of is taken care of that's our job how long are your shifts 12 hours so when do you get time to practice so um i'm actually working now part-time okay. i work two days a week for 12 hours which um you know feels like Forever. four days a week <laughs> um usually right. really does um i get i leave the house at six get back at 10 you know it's a long day right um when do we practice we've been practicing at every uh, waking moment, which is almost 22 hours of Ugh. a 24-hour day. We really, really have been working on this for months and months and months to really create something that is perfect. You what, know? Were there moments that you didn't think that this was going to get off the ground? 
because I'll tell you, there are a number of, you know, even the the concert that was being um, sponsored by the National Council of Young Israel a, a number of weeks ago that was a sandy um, unifying concert and was supposed to benefit all the neighborhoods that have, that have been hit hard by Hurricane Sandy, unfortunately, had been canceled a couple of days before it was supposed to go on. And um, that was shocking to everyone around us because we didn't realize that there was um, they were having such difficulty, I guess you could say, selling tickets or whatever the reason was that right. it was canceled. But nevertheless, this is your second show. Right. I think there's always challenges in projects like these. And right. the main thing is, is to say that if there's a will, there's a way. And if you, you know, it's it's definitely hard. And we also had many, many issues because of Hurricane Sandy. We had to cancel our show in the five towns. Where was it um, supposed to be in the five towns? In the uh, Lawrence High School. In Lawrence High School. Yeah. We had to cancel it because they had severe damage. And we also That's had, an understatement. Yeah. Yeah. Severe damage. <laughs> and as well as the community. And we just didn't feel like it was right to do it to the community at the time, you right. know. Um, and uh, at the same time, we had to, pre- to you know, postpone the show in Brooklyn. We moved from the Millennium to Brooklyn College because... You know, the, the you know it just wasn't working out at that time for our... Most of our performers are from the five towns. You know, they encountered some severe damage to their homes. And we right. just felt that a sensitivity to the communities and um, to our performers that the right thing was to do is to change the date. So, yes, we did have a lot of challenges, right. but we've made it. And mm. But in order for this to really make it, we need everyone who's listening to help us by coming and supporting it and being there, you know, to help us really accomplish our goal. Are there soundtracks available for people who are watching the show and then want to take the music home with them? Yes, the CD will be sold that night on a special instead of, uh, instead of, I don't know, $12, $15 in the store. It's going to be for $8 that night. Wow. And I could say in the Muncie show that almost every single person who came in walked out with a CD. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, it was really, really very 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 part of our success people really really enjoy the music wanted to hear it again yeah it's also got to feel very good to know that that not only did they enjoy their experience but they want to take it home with them yeah exactly they don't want the experience to end that's the way i feel when i leave a broadway show and i cannot leave without taking something with me exactly obviously not stealing it that's not what yeah yeah um but no of course not not me um but there's um but the fact that you want to continue that experience even outside of the doors right um is very telling so for people who are interested again the show is called forever it is music for life music forever it is starring bracha jaffe who is joining us with us joining us now um it is choreographed by minna black it also stars the davis sisters and rachel jacob you can pick up tickets for this Monte shabbos show 8 p.m brooklyn college you can buy tickets in bar park at eichler's in flatbush at judaica place and eichler's flatbush and at torah treasures you can also call them at 718-853 8400. That's the phone number for Azer Mitzion, 718-853-8400. Just one more thing I wanted to say about the sure. names on the ad is that it's so important to remember that, you know, even though you don't see these names on a daily basis or performances that you've gone to before, it's there's so much talent amongst Jewish women. And right. I really felt that finding that talent and showing new talent in our community is so important. So even if these names aren't so familiar for you, I'm telling you, you'll want to see these performers over and over again. No, I, 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 you know, I, I will tell you as, um, as a woman who has, you know, lots of different experiences and lots of different fields. It's very important. And speaking at a, um, uh, speaking at a career night in a, in next week, um, at SKA in in uh, the five towns, it's very important for from girls to know that it's very different than it was when we were kids yes. and it's very it's going to be different for their kids as well yeah but there is room to be a from female professional right. in the world yeah and use your talents in the right way correct yeah 
Correct. It's not about stardom. It's just about, you know, really getting good messages across to our... And it's also about being good representatives Mm -hmm. of the Jewish people and staying within the confines of halacha. Right. And for understanding that um, there is a world out there that you can embrace as a from girl. Exactly. I can just said it better myself. It is. um, It's very telling. So Mm -hmm. I thank you for being a part of it. I thank you for bringing it to our attention. And for people who are not familiar with Azer Mitzion, they can go on the Azer Mitzion website, which is E-Z-E-R-M-I-Z-I-O-N dot O-R-G. Even if you can't make it to the show, your end of the year donations, everybody's trying to get their their charity donations in towards the end of the year, their tax donations. Um, even if you're not supporting me as a member of Team Yachad as I run next month, you're looking for something else, check on Azer Mitzion. They do wonderful, wonderful work. Thank you so much for having Bracha, me. My pleasure. Continued Hatzlacha. I really wish you the best this month Shabbos. Thank you. Have a good Shabbos. Thank you. You are listening to the Nachum Siegel Network. I am Miriam L. Wallach. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's go through the lineup for the rest of the day so you know what to expect and, as usual, what not to miss. We have a full afternoon right after me. It's something to talk about with Randy Wartelski, followed by um, an encore of Rivka Abbey where she had on, if you missed Rivka Abbey's show this week, she had a full hour interview with President Richard Joel from Yeshiva University. Um, I was there for the program. I can tell you it was a fascinating, fascinating interview. If you think you know everything about Richard Joel, listen to this, because I guarantee you you don't. 5 p.m., the OU presents The Jewish Reaction with Ellie Hagler. Then immediately after that, it's The Stunt Show, hosted this week by Gorf, Jordan B. Gorfinkel. If you did not see the sketch, the cartoon sketch that Jordan uh, did of me and a number of the other Nachum Siegel Network team members. Uh, you can check it out on my Facebook page. It's really quite entertaining. We have it hanging up right now in the studio, and I love it. If I ever was going to be a cartoon character, I guess that's what I'd look like. Um, as you know what we say about the stunt show, you never know what you're going to get. The Thursday Night Extravaganza is on from 7 to 8, and then Michael Fragan returns. He is back with Spin Class, and joining Michael tonight is Stu Lozier. If you don't know who Stu is, just Google him. Because he is quite impressive, and he and Stu, he and Michael will be doing an end of the year political update. That will also be followed by an all new presentation of the Book of Life with Charlie Harari at nine. And finally, the day closes with an hour of Jewish Soul with Charlie Bernhout. Please make sure to join Nachum tomorrow morning from six to nine a.m. as he hosts JM in the AM live here on the stream at nachumsegel.com and jminam.org and on ninety one point one FM. Do not miss. Saturday Night Siegel, hosted by our one and only Avrami, live here at 10 p.m. on the stream at NachumSiegel.com. Sunday mornings, JM Sunday with Matis Weingast. Make sure to catch it from 7 to 9 on the stream. And what better way to start your week than with The Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten, 9 a.m. on Mondays. Please like their Facebook pages as well as that of The Stunt Show and all of the other programs we have on the stream. This show will be rebroadcast Sunday at 1 on NachumSiegel.com. I would like to thank my guests, Yehuda Kaminer from the YU Sfarim Sale. You can find them on Facebook. Make sure to support their Sfarim for Sandy campaign. Yes, I know I'm running out of time. My thanks to Coach Jazz, who has lit a fire under me and is making me completely nervous. And to Bracha Jaffe, who will be starring Saturday night in Azer Mitzion's production forever again. You can get tickets at 718-853-8400. Make sure to check out azermitzion.org. I want to thank everyone who's already sponsored me as I run with Team Yachad this January in the ING Half Marathon. You should just know that includes my kids who decided to give their Hanukkah gelt to support their mom. I really appreciated it. I don't know how much arm twisting went into that by my husband, but I appreciate the support I get from them every single day and especially from this. So please... Go to teamyacha.com, click on Miami, find me and give. I really appreciate it. I'm about $1,000 away from my goal, and I'd like to fill it. 
Um, you can also email me if you'd like to run with me, Miriam at NahumSiegel.com. I'll tell you how. I leave you today with AKA Pella's TikTok because, frankly, Coach Jazz has freaked me out that I am running out of time to get this done properly. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Greetings, loved ones. Let's take a journey.